You're listening to the Ask Ava podcast, where we give real answers to real questions from teens and young adults in our community about relationships, consent, dating violence, and more. My name is Jessica Skoltetti. I'm an outreach and prevention manager at Safe and Sound Somerset. And I'm here with Joelle Piercy, who is our director of outreach and prevention. So we had a lot of questions this month from local groups and schools. And the first question I'm going to throw to Joelle, which is, if it's not about sex, why is it considered sexual Mm -hmm. harassment? Absolutely. So this question was asked to us during a presentation about sexual harassment. Um, So first, let's look at the definition of sexual harassment. So sexual harassment is a type of bullying with a sexual focus that relies on power and control and is done without consent. Um, Thinking about power and control, you're thinking about actions that impact someone's right and ability to make choices or decisions freely without pressure, without manipulation. They're able to set their own boundaries or limits and to say what feels okay or what doesn't feel okay to them. And consent is permission, the ability to say yes or no freely um, and trust that people will listen to that and respect those boundaries. So, so again, going back to the definition now, type of bullying with a sexual focus that relies on power and control, so impacting their choices, boundaries, and is done without consent, without permission. And so some examples of this include unwanted sexual comments, gestures, um, like catcalling, things that might make people feel uncomfortable. It could be showing someone, you know, sexual pictures that, that you know, without permission, without them wanting it. It could be threats, sexual threats. I'm going to do this to you um, or a perceived threat, what we call perceived threat, not just maybe saying it out loud, but doing some that that makes the other person scared that that there's going to be harm there. Um, it could be spreading photos, rumors. Um, it could be unwanted sexual touching, grabbing, pinching, uh, pulling on bra straps, right? Like pulling on someone's clothes in a sexual way. Asking someone out over and over again after they've said no is a form of sexual harassment because that's violating their choices um, and uh, violating their boundaries. And also non-sexual jokes or comments that target someone's gender um, their gender expression, how they choose to express their gender, and also their sexual orientation. Um, so like gay slurs is um, is a form of sexual harassment because of that. So, so that's all that definition. It's an umbrella term. Sexual harassment is an umbrella term for, again, unwanted behaviors with a sexual focus um, that impact their power and control are done without consent and again are either sexual or they target somebody's gender sexual orientation okay so people are asking well if it's not sexual like like the gay slurs how is that sexual harassment right and and so it's important to go back to the fact that sexual harassment isn't done because of sexual attraction it's not done because someone likes someone or because somebody um you know of love or jealousy right it's it's a way to make someone uncomfortable right it's a way to target them and it's just that those definitions of who we are and our choices and our boundaries of our gender identity our sexual orientation all of that if that's targeted that falls under sexual harassment regardless of what the intent is regardless of what the motives are. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on that? 
No, I, I hear you. I 100% agree. <laughs> um, I think we do have another question. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we got the question this month that asked, what if my partner is aggressive toward me when they drink alcohol and then apologize after? Right. So I'm going to take this one. So we get this question pretty often and you know, it's, it's hard and for us to hear too, you know, it's sad um, because you deserve to feel safe now. Right. Um, one thing that we talk about a lot is that abuse is a choice. Also drugs and alcohol are a choice. Right. Um, and, you know, even if someone is only violent or making you feel unsafe when they're drunk, let's, let's go there. Right. That still doesn't mean that you're safe all the time, perhaps, right? That you're feeling that way. So you still deserve that safety. Um, and the other part of this that comes to mind is is the part about um, being harmed, right? So if you're being harmed and your partner is saying, well, I was just drunk, you know, it won't happen again, for example. First of all, that doesn't mean it won't happen again. And mm. secondly, that's not really an apology or a good excuse because again, abuse is a choice. So there's plenty of people who choose to drink or, and, and don't hurt other people. So that's, that's another um, facet to this. So I think it's really important to remember that, you know, if you're feeling unsafe and your partner isn't really taking that accountability, you know, that might not be a safe relationship for you. And you have every right to protect your own safety and boundaries. And if you'd like to leave the relationship, that's an option. And you you could call or text our helpline if you'd like support with that. Um, it's definitely a difficult situation. And, you know, we're here to support you through that if you choose to call us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we get a lot of questions um, with situation, especially kind of with scenarios like this, where they like, they ask about the apology, right? What is a real apology? Uh, What are your thoughts on, you know, in this situation, what makes it real versus not real and not a real apology? Yeah. It it means a commitment to change, right? Every day. It means really that person taking into account the harm that they did, even if they didn't intend to harm or scare you, the reality is that they did. Right. And and realizing that every day and making those changes and committing to that is is what makes a change, you know, not just saying, oh, it was just the alcohol. It won't happen again because that's not a that's not a valid excuse. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Absolutely. And I also think it's, you know, going back to how we define power and control, like choices, boundaries, consent. Right we feel the best in our relationships. Like our relationships are the safest and healthiest when there's equal power, power and control, right? Like both people are able to freely make decisions without threats, without manipulation, or uh, without guilt tripping. Um, they're able to set their own boundaries. They would feel safe and they can say yes or no to things, right? Give or take away consent. And, and I wonder how, even if someone apologizes, even if someone didn't intend to cause harm, like in this situation, if they're aggressive when they're when they're drunk, is the other partner still going to remember this, mm-hmm. even when the person's sober? Will and and if so, how will that impact that that equal power and control balance? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're going to, they're going to tiptoe, right? They're going to have to tiptoe around that person so as not to make them angry or upset. And that's not an equal safe relationship for both people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and if, if that other partner isn't 
understanding of that is just dismissing their behavior or their feelings and saying like, oh, you're overreacting. This only happens when I'm drunk. Um, You're being too sensitive. You're imagining it. First of all, that's a form of gaslighting, right? Like trying to deny someone their reality. Um, But then that also exactly what we were saying before, that's not a real apology. That's not really taking accountability for their actions, but also the harm that their actions have caused. Yeah. So thank you to the person who sent in this question on our website. Um, And I think we have one more question to answer today. So I'm going to throw this to you, Joelle, which is um, why don't they just dump them? They're toxic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, One of the most common questions we hear in all different forms, right? Like, why don't they leave? They don't understand it's abusive. If it's, you know, if they're not leaving, then it must not be that bad. Um, There are so many reasons, right? We hear a lot of times from friends who are worried about someone that they care about and just don't understand why they're, why their friend's not listening to them. So, so there's a few layers to this. The first of all, we say, the first thing we say is that that person knows their relationship the best. That person knows the relationship the best. They're the ones that know if there's been threats. They're the ones that understand um, what concerns or dangers there might be. So maybe there's things you haven't heard. We also hear a lot that they love the person. And, and this is this is a huge thing. They, they don't understand that um, they don't want the relationship to end. They just want the abuse to end, right? So they think well, if my partner apologized, like that last example, maybe it can get better if I help them enough. And a lot of times they may have compassion. Like, let's say we hear a lot like, oh, my partner's parents were abusive to them. It's all they know. I can help them, right? One thing we say is that you can have compassion for what that person has gone through and still hold them accountable for their actions and still deserve to be safe. You know, you don't deserve you know, you don't have to wait until someone gets better to be safe. You deserve safety now at all times, regardless of what someone has gone through. But that is a common reason that people give. They say, well, they've had so much harm done to them. I understand why they have troubles and relationships and I want to help them and I love them. Right. But unfortunately, we do know that abuse does tend to get worse unless there's that real accountability and a commitment to change. There's also reasons like they've been isolated. Part of abuse is turning other people against them and kind of keeping them away from family or friends. So they may feel like that they've lost a lot of people that they can turn to. They may be by themselves. Financial reasons. Maybe that person pays for everything. Um, Eventually, maybe they're sharing a home together. Maybe they have kids together, right? Um, But even even in middle school and high school, we see Uh, you know, huge numbers of teens say that they're in relationships partly for financial reasons, right? Um, They may not know where to go for help. Uh, They may not think that they deserve to feel safe, right? There's so many different reasons. What we always say to friends, family members is it has to be their choice to leave. Um, Part of abuse is, again, limiting choices, limiting choices, boundaries, violating consent, Uh, impacting that person's positive power and control and taking it away from them. And the last thing we want to do then is to continue that cycle and to continue saying you have to leave them, right? 
Um, what you can do is provide information, let them know they deserve safety now, let them know there's support. Um, like Safe and Sound Somerset, we can do safety planning. They don't need to leave the relationship to do safety planning. We can identify safety strategies, even if they even if they're staying in that relationship. Um, and then to also take care of themselves as friends. Um, they may be at danger, but it's also just really hard emotionally to care about someone who's in an abusive relationship. What are your thoughts, Jessica? What else have you heard in the field? Yeah, I think I was I was just ref- like thinking about how safety is more than physical, right? It's it's mm-hmm. also emotional safety. You deserve, you know, safety financially. You deserve obviously the physical and emotional safety. You deserve to be safe if you are engaging in sexual activity, right? Like all of those things. And 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 if you're feeling that one of those areas is being violated, you know that. That is, you know, that happens. And, you know, we're, we're here to support if, if, if you choose to call or text. Um, and we can personally support you on the helpline. Um, mm-hmm. our number is 866-685-1122. And we have trained advocates who are, are helpers who can, who support you and don't tell you what to do. You know, we listen and we, we, we ask you how you, what you're looking for and how we can help you, right? Um, so I think I think that's really it for this month. But um, we'll be back in May with some more questions from uh, teens and young adults. So thank you so much, Joelle. And um, feel free to send your questions in on our website, www.safe-sound slash ask Ava. And we'll see you in May. Thank you, everyone. All right. Thanks for having me.